Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We are back on Home and Home, the Radio.com Sports Original. I am Ross Tucker. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. He is Dave Briggs. Check him out at Dave Briggs TV. The show handle at RDC Home and Home. Make sure you follow the entire network at RDC Sports. Great job by the millennials or the assistant producers, whatever you want to call them, by cutting up all the clips from the show. They are outstanding. So you get to see the video for those of you that are just listening on audio on the radio.com app or radio.com slash home. If you follow those social media handles I just gave you, you can actually see the clips when I say the F word or get upset or am happy or whatever the case might be, or Dave too. It doesn't matter. We also have clips from our great guests, which we have all the time. I should mention, by the way, Home and Home is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, which of course is the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. We are going to enter into a preview of tonight's awesome Thursday night football matchup with Cameron DeSilva, who is USA Today's managing editor of Rams Wire. Make sure you're checking him out on Twitter at Cam DeSilva, C-A-M. D-A-S-I-L-V-A. I guess, Cameron, if your Twitter handle's at Cam DeSilva, I'm guessing you want me to call you Cam. Yeah, yeah, either works for me, but most people call me Cam. All right, well, really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the show. Huge game tonight. And it's weird because the Rams are 3-1, and one, and yet all I read or see or hear anything anywhere is, what's wrong with the Rams? What's wrong with Jared Goff? What's wrong with Ty Gurley? What's wrong with Aaron Donald? So I guess I'll start with number one. Cam, what's wrong with the Rams, or is there anything wrong with the Rams? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a few concerns. Um, on offense, you got the offensive line that's not playing well at all right now. Um, even Andrew Whitworth, who's supposed to be really their, their cog on the offensive line, their steady guy, um, he's really struggled in taking a step back from last season. Um, and then you have Rob Havenstein, who they gave a lot of money last year. Um, he's taken a big step backwards, and their new guys, Brian Allen and Joseph Nopum, um, have really struggled up front at center and, uh, and left guard. Um, so really, Jared Goff has been pressured more than any other quarterback in the league. Um, so that's a huge concern, especially when he doesn't have the mobility that someone like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, um, those kind of guys have where they can escape the pressure and, uh, and do a good job of, of eluding defenders. On defense, Aaron Donald is he's his usual self, but he's not putting up big numbers. He's getting double and triple teamed more often than pretty much anyone in the league. Um, and Dante Fowler has to do a better job of 
winning his matchups outside when he does get one-on-one matchups. Um, Clay Matthews is doing a decent job of that this year. He's been much better than even I expected, um, but they need to do a better job of putting pressure on the quarterback um, and, and really helping their secondary out because, as we saw against the Bucks, Jameis Winston had his way, and it was largely because the Rams just didn't get pressure on him. All right, so let's get back to the Jared Goff portion of it, Cam. And you mentioned the offensive line. I guess part of me wonders how much of that, in terms of the pressure, is Jared Goff holding the ball a little too long? And how do you feel like he's performed? Because I've seen some stats that even go back to a few games last year where it just doesn't seem like he's playing as well as he was earlier in the year last year. Yeah, definitely. Last year, uh, I would say he was um, pretty close to being an MVP candidate until their bye in Week 12. Um, He had that huge uh, Monday night game against the Chiefs where he um, really established himself as um, one of the better quarterbacks in the league last season. And then it kind of all just went south from there. Um, he, He struggled against the Bears. He struggled against the Eagles. In the playoffs, we saw him have some trouble against um, the Saints and then the the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, but really, I think a big part of it this year is the pressure. Um, one thing that's interesting is if you look at next gen stats, he he has one of the highest time to throws. Um, so basically, he he has the ball for plenty of time, but he's also pressured more than any other quarterback, which kind of tells you that he's holding onto the ball longer than he should be. Um, if you're getting pressured as often as he has, you're not going to have as much time to throw as his numbers indicate. Um, so he does have to get rid of the ball quicker. He has to make quicker decisions, especially with the offensive line playing as poorly as it has. Um, so it's going to be really important for him to get back on track, especially with the Rams using Gurley as, as infrequently as they have. All right. So let's get to that then, Cam. We're talking with Cameron DeSilva. You can check him out on Twitter at Cam DeSilva does a terrific job with the Rams wire for USA Today. What is the deal with Gurley? Does he look like the same? I guess there's two-part question. Number one, does he look the same, like the same guy to you this year, Cam, that he was last year? Yeah, in my opinion, he does. Um, there's been some times where he hasn't really had much running, lane, much running room. Um, you, if you saw his touchdown last week against the Bucks, it, I mean, he showed power. He showed explosiveness through the line. Um, he looked like the same player that we saw last year and the year before. Um, but there are also times where he just doesn't have any room. Um, and there, as a running back, there's only so much you can do when your blockers aren't doing their job up front and you're getting hit behind the, the line of scrimmage frequently. Um, he's one of the best running backs when it comes to making defenders miss, and his combination of speed and power is pretty rare uh, for players at that position. But it's just he's not getting much room. And um, quite frankly, it's hard to get into a rhythm when you're getting five carries in a game. Um, as much as Sean McVay says the Rams tried to get him involved in the passing game, which I, I understand because teams are taking away the Rams' wide zone runs and the Bucks have a good run defense, but um, it shouldn't take Gurley um, to the midway through the, the second quarter to get his first carry in a game. And it took the Rams 20 minutes in, in, uh, in last week's game against the Bucks to even attempt a run with a running back. So um, it's kind of hard to have balance. It's hard to get these running backs involved and into a rhythm if you're not giving them the ball. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Cam. And that was going to be kind of my next question, which is, is he on a pitch count? Because I kind of agree with you. Like that touchdown run 
where he trucked a couple bucks. I think he kind of looks like the same guy to me. I haven't noticed a difference. He just didn't have the usage on Sunday. But before that, you know, 14 carries, three or four catches. Is he on a pitch count or is that about what to expect? About 15 to 20 touches a game. Yeah, I mean, if that is what we're going to expect, that's definitely a pitch count for him. Um, last year through four games, he had 79 carries. This year, he's only at 49 carries. So that's 30 fewer carries in uh, in four weeks. That's around seven fewer per week. So, um, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty significant difference. And as much as the Rams want to talk about he's trying to get involved in the passing game, which his numbers are down in that aspect too. He's definitely not being as targeted as often. He's not as involved in the passing game. Um, he's just not getting opportunities that he was last year. Um, and really, they can say all they want about him not being on a pitch count, and it's not about conserving him. And McVeigh said um, keeping him fresh is, is not something that they're really trying to do. They're trying to win football games right now. Um, I just don't see that being the case. Um, obviously, they are trying to win games, but this is more about them conserving him and keeping him fresh. And whether it's for the duration of his contract or whether it's just for the rest of the season, um, they're certainly trying to gauge against that knee either flaring up or, or just getting worse over time. And um, even at early in the season, you didn't see him working in the red zone as much. Um, Malcolm Brown handled those carries. So um, it could be about just taking some wear and tear off of his body. You touched on it a little bit earlier with Aaron Donald. I know he got off to a slow start last year. When you actually watch him, does he look like the same guy or is perhaps all of the double teams and all of the production the last couple of years starting to wear on him a little bit? I don't think it's necessarily starting to wear on him. Um, I, I think he does look like the same player. Um, he's still getting pressure on quarterbacks. And a lot of the sacks that you do see from Dante Fowler and Clay Matthews are the result of Donald getting pressure and uh, either fl flushing the quarterback from the pocket or simply just knocking the quarterback off their spot and, and making them move. Um, last week we saw it where um, he got in on Jameis Winston, almost tackled him uh, pretty high on the, on the shoulders, and um, Winston escaped, and then Sebastian Joseph Day cleaned it up for a sack. So um, he's definitely still getting pressure. I don't know exactly what his pressure numbers are in relation to last year, but he looks like the same player. It's just that the Rams aren't getting much help from their other pass rushers right now. Um, and it's really kind of just allowing offensive lines to send two, three, four, uh, as many blockers as they can at Donald to kind of neutralize him and make someone else beat them, which it's not necessarily hap happening right now. All right, let's get to tonight's game. Seahawks, Rams, it's a big Thursday nighter. The Seahawks are slight favorites, but it's in Seattle, primetime game, which tells you Vegas still thinks the Rams are the better team. How do you see it playing out? Do you think they bounce back from Sunday's loss, Cam? Yeah, I think they will. Um, I think they're going to have better balance on offense. They're not going to come out throwing the ball as frequently as they did against the Bucks. I mean, it was it seemed like the, for the first 20 minutes against the Bucks, they were just throwing the football every single time. And it kind of dug them a hole, especially with Goff not playing necessarily that well. Um, I think they'll try to get Gurley involved in the running game more often. They'll uh, they'll put the ball in, in Malcolm Brown's hands pretty more frequently than they did the past couple weeks. Um, he's an important part of the offense, honestly, and he does a lot of good things. Um, so I, I think they are going to have a good chance to win this game. Um, Goff really has to elevate his play and 
Um, Shaquille Griffin outside at cornerback is a really good corner. He's going to have a tough matchup with the speed of Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. Um, so those are some things that I'm looking at, but I do think the Rams are going to win this one. Um, and it, it, it's going to be a close game. Obviously, like you said, they're, the Seahawks are very slim favorites. It's a tough place to play in Seattle. And Pete Carroll is something like 25 and five in his in pre, in, uh, primetime games with the Seahawks. So um, he's pretty familiar with these marquee games and, and being the only teams uh, playing at the moment. Um, so it's going to be a tough game for the Rams for sure. But I do think they're going to pull it out in a close one. Wrapping up here with Cam DeSilva. Check him out on Twitter, at Cam DeSilva. He runs the Rams Wire for USA Today. And I guess I'm just curious, Cam, is there a buzz about the Rams? I mean, what they did the last two years, going to the Super Bowl, when you go to a game at the Coliseum or you're around L.A., have they kind of taken that success and had some commercial success with the fans, publicity, notoriety, are they building something there in LA or not really? Yeah, it definitely seems like that. You can see the attendance growing over the past few years. And obviously that's going to happen when you're winning football games and making it to the Super Bowl. Um, but I mean, they have celebrities coming out to the games and they get a lot of attention for, for things like that. And the new stadium is coming along. That's going to open next year. Um, and when you compare that to what the Chargers are doing, where it's kind of more difficult for them to build a fan base, it seems, with that smaller stadium. Um, I mean, the, the Rams are pretty much packing the Coliseum pretty consistently, um, even if L.A. traffic does uh, keep it a little empty in the beginning of games. But um, it, it does seem like fans, fans are really buying in. There's a lot of passionate fans on Twitter. Um, you hear them talking about the uniforms in the stadium pretty frequently. And then um, just the fact that they have – such such important pieces locked up. They have less need. Sean McVay under contract for, I think, the next four or five years. Um, Todd Gurley is signed long-term. Jared Goff now. You have Aaron Donald, Brandon Cooks. Um, so they really do have a strong core of players that um, fans can be excited about. And um, as long as they keep having success, I think they're going to build something really special in Los Angeles. Cam, really appreciate the time. Enjoy the game tonight. Again, encourage people to check him out on Twitter, at Cam DeSilva. Thanks so much, buddy. Hey, thanks, Ross. Thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Cameron DeSilva, Rams Wire for USA Today. I am fired up for this game for a couple different reasons. Number one, three-and-one Rams, three-and-one Seahawks should be an awesome game. Number two, and you've probably heard this from me before, it's a football game, and it's on TV. So I will be watching. And people, by the way, let me just tell you this. Don't be friends in life with people that complain about Thursday Night Football. Life's too short to be friends with people that complain about Thursday Night Football. You know what it's like in June and July? I mean, you're going to complain about Thursday Night Football? Get a life. Anyway, speaking of getting a life, you might need to get a job. And if you do need to get a job, you should make sure you're on ZipRecruiter. Because ZipRecruiter is actually the smartest way to hire for any people out there that need to hire for any reason, including my main man, Dylan Moskowitz. He needed to hire somebody, and he needed to do it for Cafe Altura, 
So what did he do? He went to ZipRecruiter because the other way wasn't working. And he realized, you know what? I need to have a site and a company that can actually find candidates for me. Well, guess what, Dylan? You went to the right place. ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature filters your applicants so you can focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I think the smartest thing to do tonight is you got to have a split screen moment. You got to have two screens for tonight's action because you have baseball, you have the divisional games, you have the cards and the Braves early. But once that Thursday night football game is on, you're going to have the Dodgers and the Nats on. So you need another device for tonight's game, a second split screen. You got to be a good sports fan. You got to watch both. All right. Tom Brady once said, once you find something you like, you got to stick with it. What was he talking about? His shoulder pads, oddly enough. Tom Brady's shoulder pads are older than several of his teammates. How odd is that? They are from 1995. Same shoulder pads Tom Brady used as a freshman at Michigan. Again, they are older than some of his teammates. That came to light when looking at some of the NFL players' best superstitions. I always thought it was baseball that had the most superstitious athletes by a long, long way. But that apparently is not true. Here is the Vikings Harrison Smith pregame meal. Cup of coffee, half a plain bagel, and here's the kicker. A shot of Tabasco before every single game. Eagles kicker Jake Elliott, same meal since college. Slice of pizza. Slice of cheesecake because of a 56-yard field goal he hit back in the day at Memphis. Apparently, Ross Tucker, football superstitions do rival that of their baseball counterparts. I just got to know, what were yours at Princeton and throughout your travels in the NFL? You know, I, don't, I didn't have that many that I would call like superstitions as much as routines. You know, I... I did not have any specific food. It depended on whether it was a night game or a one o'clock game or whatever. I mean, I would typically eat whatever I ate. I like scrambled eggs, especially with cheese. You got to have cheese with the scrambled eggs. I don't understand people that make scrambled eggs without cheese. By the way, Dave, just so you know, uh, every day we learn stuff about each other. That is my best item that I cook and eat. Scrambled eggs. That is that is my thing. My favorite thing to eat and my favorite thing to cook. Wait, anyone can cook scrambled eggs. I mean, are you going to share the family secret? I mean, my 13-year-old can cook scrambled eggs. I'm not saying that it's like that I'm like gifted or like it's some <laughs> special trait. I'm just telling you I do it. Here's the key, okay? 
when I go with my in-laws for the weekend up at, we call it the ranch, um, we get, we do for the, for six adults and four kids, we make 24 eggs, 24 scrambled eggs. I crack them all, put them in, and at least 12 to 15 slices of American cheese. You can't just lay it on top. You got to break up the American cheese and put it in so it's mixed in. Now, if it were my call, I would also throw some ham in there or turkey. Either one acceptable. We don't do that. Not everybody likes that. Look, you can't pick your family. What can I tell you? Okay. But it should go some ham or turkey in there as well. And then I mix it. The key is... Get it out of there well before it looks like it's cooked. Well before. They're not runny. I would call them medium rare scrambled eggs, if you will. You got it. You can't wait until it looks hard or cooked or anything like that. You got to get them out there while it still looks a little liquidy. It's not. That's just the cheese that looks like that. And then I eat them so good. I'm telling you, Dave, I could easily, easily take down two dozen scrambled eggs at one sitting myself within 15 minutes without any hesitation whatsoever. And I do not remember even a little bit what prompted this discussion or why I'm talking about scrambled eggs right now. Not even a little bit do I have any idea what this stream of consciousness was generated by. We were talking about NFL superstitions or pregame meals or patterns that guys have become uh, used to over the years. Yeah, I never had any specific meal I had to have before a game, after a game. I do remember I had a teammate in high school who wore the same T-shirt every game throughout the entire season. By the end of the year, it would kind of stand up on its own. I thought that was kind of nasty. Never had a superstition at all. But now, now that you're on the subject, what you cook the best, first off, I got to have my scrambled eggs almost closer to well done. I hate runny in my eggs. That is nasty, man. I'd like a little brown on them before that, before that. You're like my mother-in-law. That is heinous. You Are you anti-flavor? Do you hate life? Are you trying to just survive in life or are you trying to thrive? What, what well, don't listen. you like about it? Why do you need the brown? Brown means there's no flavor. Brown is the color of poop. Brown is bad. I didn't need that image. I can't unsee that. I like my burgers medium rare. I like my steaks medium rare. But eggs have got, in an omelet, nothing is worse than an omelet that's like runny in the inside. It's got to be cooked. It's got to be flipped over. It's got to be more towards medium well for me. But as for what I cook best, and I'll have to have you out to the house at some point, guacamole is definitely my specialty. Make a great guac. And as you know, Bloody Mary, certainly my other specialty. So guac, Bloody Mary. And speaking of that, it's almost Friday. So that's how I'm going to rock it and shut it down tomorrow. Guacamole Friday to go with my Bloody Mary Friday. I love guacamole. I put guac on everything now. I'm big on guac. I love guac. I love avocado. By the way, I barely even knew those things existed like 10 years ago. Now I can't get enough of them. Even like 
On my drive up to West Point today, I will stop at a Subway sandwich shop. I will get a foot-long turkey breast and ham because I'm crazy healthy like that on wheat bread. I will get guac on it. They will spread the guac on it or avocado, whatever. They will spread that out all over my sandwich bread. Makes it delicious. Little little tip here. For a lot of things in life, you can actually get rid of the cheese and just use avocado instead or guac. It's healthier and it, it just gives you the same flavor that you need. It, you just need something else other than just the meat. Oh, by the way, I get a deluxe. That's meat and a half. It's not double meat. It's meat and a half. That is the perfect amount of meat for a sandwich. Not regular. It's too much bread. Not double. That's too much meat. Deluxe. Meat and a half. I feel like I feel like we should be getting paid more than we do for this show. I feel like I am giving out <laughs> unbelievable life advice for two and a half, three hours every day. I feel like I'm just, I'm, I'm literally helping people to live a better life. This isn't even a show. Uh, we're, we're life coaches at this point, okay? <laughs> and we are coaching you up on life. You know how much you have to pay to have a life coach? They're like $200 an hour. You get this for free on the radio.com app, radio.com home. This is your daily life coach with Ross Tucker and Dave Briggs. It's honestly why we need callers. So we can just start delving out life advice, relationship advice, food advice, drink advice, exercise advice. I agree with you. We are life coaches. So when I provide my advice when it comes to both guac and Bloody Marys, is I don't like to get it anywhere. It's got to be, I'm very selective about both. As far as my Bloody Marys, they have to have horseradish, lemon, and lime. And as for my guac, don't just give me that runny, pasty guacamole. It's got to have some cilantro. It's got to have some salt and some lime and some, I prefer some jalapenos and a little bit of chunk to it. If it's just kind of, you know, pasty, runny, and too smooth, I'm not touching that guac. Uh, I'm with you on that as well. By the way, some, some news to end the show on that we can talk about tomorrow. We didn't spend a lot of time on Stefan Diggs not showing up at practice yesterday. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, said his frustration with the organization has been palpable. Not at practice yesterday, non-injury reasons. Teammates are wondering if he wants to be there. Team is adamant he is not available for a trade, barring some massive deal. Dave, it's a new world order in the NFL. I can barely ever remember guys not showing up to practice for whatever reason. Now we've got it for Stephon Diggs, for Jalen Ramsey, for Antonio Brown. I mean, things, they are a-changing. Yeah, we saw it with Jadeveon Cloudy, and now the question becomes for Stephon Diggs, could he force his way out of Minnesota? They're certainly publicly posturing that he could not. 
but how long can they afford to have a receiver like that causing problems in the locker room and or on the football field? Oddly, though, this comes after his best week of the season when it went over the 100-yard mark, and it was Adam Thielen who was unhappy with the way that game went down. We did tell you earlier in this show, and you can find it on On Demand, that he did, and this is 2019, not only do you force your way out of situations like they do in the NBA, but to indicate your unhappiness or interest in another woman, another team, another business, you follow them on Instagram. And that's what Stephon Diggs did. He followed Tom Brady. He followed Julian Edelman. He followed James White and a couple of Buffalo Bills as well, including Cole Beasley and Zay Jones. So that's what we do now. We read the tea leads, which is who are you following or unfollowing on Instagram? A lot to get into tomorrow on a Friday edition of Home and Home, including a breakdown of both big division series games tonight in Major League Baseball. Kevin Millar will join us and all the latest on Todd Gurley and the Rams Vikings Thursday nighter. Have a great Thursday for Ross Tucker. I'm Dave Briggs. See you tomorrow. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.